Mortal Engines. What's Mortal Instruments? Is that a different one? Yeah, it's a different YA. They got a movie, then no one saw the movie, and they went, no, we can still do this. And then it got a TV show. And nobody watched a TV show. No, I think the TV show got more than one season. Oh. Yeah, no, I think a new season's coming out of the the TV show. Oh, wow, good for them. I remember going to the the movies panel, because it happened at the same time as a different panel we wanted to go to. And, like, we're all just like, this sucks. (laughs) You get to the good movies. So, wait, they have tattoos, kind of like in X-Men, uh... That other X-Men, I forgot. I don't remember. The one that I don't like, X-Men 3. Isn't it just called X-Men 3? No, it's called... Oh, The Last Stand? Yeah. There it is. They're like, where are your markings? (laughs) Where are your markings? That's not a thing. Oh my god, that movie's terrible. (laughs) It really is. Wow, we're already starting to let's talk about any other movie than the movie we're talking about. (laughs) John John picked a doozy for a movie for this week, and my god. This is the last time I pick blindly, man. There isn't tattoos. No, there's a facial scar. There is a facial scar. Yeah. That's the last time I picked blindly, guys. Seriously. My blind pick's coming up. It's got to be better than this. (laughs) We know where the bar is. My God. I I was somewhat looking forward to this movie. I wanted to go see it in theaters. I missed it in the theaters and I was sad. Yeah. I I always looked at the billboard coming home from work because it was right on the corner of Lancashire and Coenga. Yeah. And I was like... That's not good. <laughs> I was just, the marketing campaign was terrible. I'm like, yeah. no one's going to see the movie off based off that. <laughs> no, it just kind of looked like Emily Blunt's daughter with a red scarf. And it's just the, I think they were trying to go for propaganda poster look. Well, that could but be. They got, they did it poorly. It didn't yeah. capture, it looked cheap. It didn't get anyone interested. No, it really didn't. And uh, if you watch the movie, good. <laughs> if they got a lot of people interested, there'd been a lot of people very mad at the money they spent. I feel like the YA audience this was directed towards might have been interested. Okay, before we get too far into it, we should let John do a breakdown. I didn't have time for a where they've been doing. I'm assuming John did not either because he's been working like a madman at his job. Am I correct? Madman. <sighs> no, I, I, I didn't get a chance to. Yeah. There was a, f- a few other ones I'd planned on, but uh, man, when you get done at around 8 or 9 at night, you're just like, I don't want to do anything but yeah. Persona 5. So. <laughs> I hear that. Like, I've been prepping for uh, the episode we're recording for Welcome to Your Doom. Tune in on Friday, or tomorrow, I should say. Mm. Um, And, uh, yeah, for that episode, and that has been taking all of my other Hugo Weaving time, because I had to watch 12 movies in a week. (laughs) This is a lot. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll dive right into Mortal Engines. Uh, John, do you want to give us a quick breakdown before we start uh, trying to be nice to this movie? Yes, yes. Uh, So... Uh, cities eat other cities on wheels, and it's uh, nom, nom, nom. Po- post. Yep, nom nom nom. Uh, London is this big giant like city on wheels that just eats everyone in its path to steal their resources. And there's a girl with a scar, and she does some shit. I don't know. Uh, there's also a, a guy from uh, Umbrella Academy uh, who is sober, uh, and uh, it was uh, weird. Uh, yeah, it was weird seeing him sober. Um, <laughs> and they're supposed to be interested in each other, but you know who cares? But wow, like cities in the sky that look really cool, amazing. London as a city on wheels, like a mechanized city, 
that looks really cool. Uh, I think it's just a movie about scene hopping from one scene to the next in a world that looks great, but with characters we don't give a shit about. And honestly, I have a hard time remembering the plot because it involves like some (laughs) Medusa laser gun breaking down a wall and Hugo Weaving trying his best to be interested in what he's doing. Oh, man. Like, uh, don't don't get me wrong. I think Hugo Weaving did a fine job in this movie. But coming off a month of Jamie Lee Curtis where she doesn't know how to phone in a performance compared to this, it's like, oh, this is how you do it. Now I remember. He tries. (laughs) He tries. I still think Hugo, every time somebody challenged him on being terrible, he hit that face of, you don't know how terrible I can be. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> like I said, he had good moments, and I think he did a good job with what he had, but what he had was a pile of poo. <laughs> He's like, what do you want me to do with a this? pile, of, pile poo. of poo. And they're like, what oh, shall I do with this pile of poo? <laughs> says Hugo Weaving. To you! Um... <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I don't have a lot of nice things to say about this movie. I I this movie will join the very short list of this. Uh, the fuck, and I can't remember the name of that one with George Clooney, um, Brad Bird movie, Tomorrowland. Oh, oh yeah, Tomorrowland. Yeah, this I never saw that. Tomorrowland and a couple others. I'm just I can't remember the names of like movies that my brain was actively deleting while I was watching it. They're just <laughs> like, nope, you don't need it. Nope. I'm like, I hate this movie. And my brain's like, me too, dude. Don't worry. Scrubbing it clean. So we watched this movie two nights ago. Over two nights. And, uh, yeah, I don't remember a lot of it. Um, I didn't hate it as much as you do. This movie's in, like, the bottom of the barrel. My least favorite movie I've watched in 2020. Like, there is just something about this movie that just rubbed me the wrong way. And I, I think I know what it is. After having a day to stew on it and think about it, I think I know what it is. And it's more of like, I'm insulted by the movie in a weird way. Um, that might be the wrong way to phrase it. But let me explain. I think the world building in this movie, the world that they're in of these huge mechanical, you know, steampunk cities on wheels that can drive super fast and they can eat cities for energy and to keep their citizens alive. And on top of that, you have these like rebels and you have robot dads and all this just crazy banana shit. And when it's, like, humming along, it's like, wow, this is actually kind of fun. Like, this is a YA world that I can get into, I can sink my teeth into, and, like, it's really cool and and well-made, and I'm, I'm interested to see how it works. And then the story they tell is the most bland, run-of-the-mill, garbage YA nonsense that I'm just like, what, what are you doing with my time? Like, you have something cool here, do something with it. And they're like, no, 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 she likes a boy, but she has scars, so she's not sure if he'll like her. I think it's a little bit better than that. It's not full Katniss. Katniss is a far better character than anyone in this movie. And I do not like Katniss, but my God, is she a better well, character. Wait, she could, she's a better writer, and the dr- movie's had a better director. Mm-hmm. I just, this yeah, character, it, Hester, I Hester felt, Shaw. For the most part, she wasn't interested in romance at all. She just wanted to kill Valentine. And the whole idea of the romance didn't really happen until... Late in the movie, honestly. It, late in the movie, we're like, oh shit, we forgot. Boy, girl, they love each other. Yeah. We'll have a robot dad be like, you love him, don't you? And she just won't say anything. So, like, we know it's coming. Right. It, say it without she, saying anything so she's not quite caught in, in, in a <laughs> stuck no with this guy. <laughs> no. With this guy? No. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's uh, such a waste no. of space. <laughs> it, it's, it's funny that you mentioned, like, everything you just did, uh, Brian, because. 
Yeah, I was really excited to see this movie uh, because, A, I missed it and was really looking for something that wasn't the usual, like, comic book movie or, you know, Star Wars thing. I wanted something a little bit different, like, different worlds, but still imaginative and very vibrant and, like, skyship, steampunky things. That, that was the energy I wanted. And I when it started, I, I kind of got that a little bit at the beginning, like, when as London eats the uh, that small shopping town or a small market town right like there's hints of that there uh but they cut in between like they keep cutting in between these characters who are just they're irritating uh upon scene one upon frame one it's like who's this person i hate him uh who's this person i hate them why are they joking right now i hate them i hate them uh, i don't like any of the characters but then like this Lo- the city of london is so well realized in just a few frames that like I kept having this roller coaster experience in the movie of just being really jazzed about the world that we're in and then being forced to look away from such I mean the scenery work the background design this location design is just amazing like imaginative and then to focus on you know these dipshits it's weird <laughs> and I frustrating really, I really feel like this could have been a property better served as being adapted into an anime. Oh yeah. It, oh yeah. The, the characters almost look like they were referencing anime when they were designing things, especially like the random girl with the big red hair. Like oh, why do yeah. you make a character look like that unless she's supposed to be important in some way, but then she does nothing. But even like the character Anna Fang is just Auron from Final Fantasy X. Yeah. Like, it's just the exact same character design. The red and coat, the glasses, the black hair, the sword. It's just like, this is the same character. I mean, it's gender-bent, but, you know. And the coats that right. the uh, got the historians wear on London reminded me of Full Metal Alchemist. I could see that, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, this is just, it's, it could have been good if it was an anime series. Because they would have actually been able to tap into that why. YA-ness more or just give it to somebody give it more time than the singular film just give it to somebody who has experience with animation like like there's some especially a movie like this where 95% of it is going to be animated anyways like this is one of the few times where like I don't mind special effects heavy films in fact a lot of them I flock to I loved Valerian when that came out and that Mm -hmm. movie's a mess but I still have a great time watching it but you need to have somebody who can work in this world who can work like animation get somebody like Brad Bird I mentioned him earlier like somebody who can do that. This is a first-time director. It's a storyboard artist. Yeah. Like you couldn't I mean, have found I, a worse, a worse person to light this off. Like apparently he did second unit or something, pickup directing something like that on the Hobbit movies. So that was not his... a great place to start. Those suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a little bit of experience, but it's just it is an example of just because you're really good friends with. A really good director doesn't mean you're going to be a really good director. But even like Peter Jackson, when he went for the full animated thing, his movies fell apart. When he still had you know, the mixture, like the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, then it was amazing. Like working in a fully digitized world is not easy for most directors. Or is, actors. Or actors. It's a very difficult thing to pull off. And I feel like a lot of people think it's easy because you don't have to go build those sets. And it's like, no. You need to have people convinced that they're in a world where they're standing in a warehouse around a whole bunch of green mm-hmm. screens shouting nonsense at each other. What's, what's where the production design always comes in very important as being a character in a film? 
Because mm-hmm. if you can't feel that character, you can't interact with that character. Totally. So if you're all you see is a green screen and puffy stuff to represent furniture or objects, you can't feel that character and you cannot adjust yourself accordingly. Like it is so important to be able to fear feel your environment as its own self. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I found myself at various times curious, uh, asking questions about the costumes. The props, the, like the uh, production design, because I was interested in what they were w- wanting to do with it. I wanted, like for example, Air Haven. I think that you know gets torched pretty spectacularly. Mm-hmm. It does. There was a lot of things. I was like <laughs> totally needlessly. It's like, dude, just talk to your foster dad. Just, just talk, talk to him. Talk to right, your right. dad. No, I'm gonna run away and let everyone die in my wake. <laughs> yeah, that's basically <laughs> <Right>. what happens. <laughs> yeah, but still, I, I was very curious because they had signs being like, "Don't bring these types of things up here." Uh, they had like pilot wear and everything had a specific look to it but we never got to um spend enough time to figure out why you know or or figure out what the importance was so like the historian uniforms like the point what was the point of all the get up there like everything seemed so generic because we couldn't look at it long enough like (laughs) then all the pilots that are insanely attractive and just kind of know it and stand there oh yeah and you get the like the close-ups of them looking at each other as if you're supposed to really get a lot of like emotional investment out of the way they look at each other and i'm like i don't care about any of you there's a lot of posing yeah i just know that you're (laughs) attractive that's about it and characters are even introduced this way too where they show up and be like i'm important and i'm like who are you and then when they die later in the movie, I'm like, who are you? You get the long gazes. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, so like when, when, for example, the big the big offender for me was um, Anna Fang, I think her name yeah. is, when she shows up. She shows up as if she's important, the screen, like, music stops or has a whoosh, and it's important, and I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah, and says, Hester doesn't even know her. No, so it just, it reeks of that, like, oh, man, Fans of the book love this character, so we're going to give her a grand entrance. And people will be like, oh, shit, there she is. And for everyone who didn't read the book, it's like, okay, so I get that she's important. And I was just irritated by the fact of, like, wait, how old were you supposed to be? You were really good friends with her mom, but you didn't know her daughter. And you've been looking for her for a long time. But so, wait, yeah. So, so like, the, like even the casting 50s, is at fault right? there because you don't look it. No, yeah. Like the, the casting is an issue there too because if people don't age the norm the same way, uh, that's not something that we can just infer from this movie. Other than like thinking this is a mistake. Like they're the those Anna Fang and the main character. They look like they're the same age. Totally. So for the one, the other one to know their mother doesn't make a lick of sense unless there's some anti-aging thing or the atmosphere is different in the sky or the wind blows all the wrinkles away as they fly. I don't know. Like you start thinking about these things instead of the plot. Yeah. I mean, the actor they cast is what she's, you have it up in your phone. She's, she's 40 or 40. Yeah. I mean, she, she probably is older than the actor, but it's still just kind of oh, than the yeah. Hester, but still she it's is, like, but... it's just weird casting. I mean, there's just so many things in this movie that just, that could have worked, could have made it fun. She is nine years older. Okay, so it would be weird for her to be best friends with her mom, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. She was best friends with her mom when she was 19, I guess. I guess. It's it's just one of those, like, is that really one of we get hung up on this movie? Nah, fuck it. There's way bigger problems than the miscast there. Yeah. But it's, it's, things like, it's things like Anna's character where it's like, okay, so we get that fans of the book probably really enjoy her, and maybe she's a really cool character. But instead, we're just left with this girl who constantly just spouts this 
anime level, like not good anime. Not like we're not talking Cowboy Bebop. We're talking about like that. You know, I guess it's on Hulu and it's free. And I guess that girl <laughs> took her top off for some reason. Like that sort of level anime of just you don't understand. I've been trying so hard for my whole life to win this war. I will ride the wings of freedom. It's like, what is she talking about? <laughs> I was yeah. Uh, Bleach called and wants his character back. <laughs> Especially like the fight that Anna Fang has at the end, where uh, she is in a knife fight with Valentine Hugo Weaving on the catwalk, and she tells Hester to wait. I don't know to see her get stabbed again or something. I don't really. Understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much like. And I, then you don't know this, but I'm gonna get stabbed. And then she tells Hester to leave. So uh, hang on, I'm gonna get stabbed. Uh, I'm gonna stab. You can go. You yeah, can go. You can go now. Uh, and then she just lets go into the mist, and I'm looking at her fall. I'm like, that's a shame. I, I'm looking at her fall, going, ah, oh, someone's ganned off the white. <laughs> She's gonna come back. I, I don't know if the, I don't even know if there's a sequel to this book. I did zero research into Mortal Engines. Yeah, I, I oh, actually so, did because I was so just disappointed by this movie. I had to see. Does she like, come back? Can one of you tell no, me? No, it doesn't look like it. Um, ah, it. dang! So much for my Gandalf theory. <laughs> but uh, there's like but there's three other books, and like it just seems to be more in the world, just dealing with stuff in the world, the politics of the world, and spending time in it. That's what I got from reading just a rough like quick through of each of the books. It was like they spend time in it, unlike the movie. Yeah, and it's just the same. It's like with every death in the film. I was like, oh, oh, be- oh well. Oh, same with, yeah. like, with Shrike. Like when he. What the fuck was the point of Shrike? Uh, I keep referring to Shrike as Robo Dad. I'm going to continue doing that from right, from here on out. He's played by Stephen Lang. Great and- yeah. See, he's Valentine for me because he looks like Valentine from Fallout 4. The <laughs> totally robot does. detective. Uh, <laughs> he totally does. But. So he does. He when he finds out that Hester might be in love with a boy, he just shuts down. Oh, you're in love with him, aren't you? I'll die then. Yeah, <laughs> and then he just goes down with the ship, and you're supposed to feel yeah. something big emotional with him. I'm like, I don't feel anything. No. And then every time one of the pilots uh, went down, I didn't feel anything. When they when they were shooting the freaking wall, I didn't feel anything because we didn't get to know anyone on the wall. No, it felt like it was like, oh, so you're trying to have your uh, Helm's Deep moment here. Uh, I like I like that. I appreciate but that. But there's yeah. no battle, which is which is preceded yeah. by a graveyard of uh, ships or like uh, f- f- ground cities that look so cool as they're coming up to it. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then so quickly, it's just like, who are these people? No, my why first, do we care? My first thought was. Why would you build your entire civilization on the other side of a wall that other people apparently keep attacking? Yeah, we need to keep attacking this wall. I'm going to build my house here. Maybe, I want to raise my children here. Maybe you should move a little bit further away from the wall. Yeah, how about 10 feet away from the wall? <laughs> uh, just give me 10 feet. No, on the wall. I want to live in the wall. Yeah. This seems like a terrible place to raise doing? children. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Ugh, yeah. And it's one of those things that, as I'm watching this, it smacks like, you know, there's probably a better explanation for this in the in the books. And something that, like, maybe is a little bit, is more sensical in that world. But we don't get that. We don't get that here. And it's the qu- types of questions we ask ourselves instead of watching the movie. Just like, yeah, you should get off the wall. Why are you at the wall? Like, or are they there to fight to, for the wall? We need wall? to uh, evacuate the wall. I'm like... Everyone built their house there. How do you evacuate it? Yeah, and if you yeah, look at and the they're wall, evacuating it, the 
they're evacuating like one minute before he shoots. It's like, wow, that's a really terrible governmental system that you got here. Yeah, it's like, but even if you look at the wall, it looks like you can't evacuate that wall. All the houses are on top of each other. Like, what are you going to do? Just jump out like horizontally? They're going to run away <laughs> like they did in Fast Five. That would make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've all got like uh, hang gliders or something. And it's like, see ya. <laughs> That would have at least looked cool. Yeah. <laughs> that would have looked really cool. I'm. Uh. You just came up with something better than was in the movie. Not to to stroke your ear too much. I don't think it's that hard to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was just. This is a very disappointing film. But Hugh Weaving did look good in it. Let's talk a little bit about the the main man. And I, I took probably too harsh of a dig at him earlier with his phoning it in. But clearly. I don't think his heart was in this one. Um, and I can't blame him because it just feels like, well, we need we need bad guy. Can you be bad guy? He's like, well, yeah, I can be bad guy. I've been bad guy many times. What type of bad guy? Um, bad guy. You want to be bad guy. How, how about number two bad guy? You haven't been number two bad guy. You have to answer to this guy, kind of. Well, he's he's the ambitious, but he believes that he, he he's freaking, what's his name, from Breaking Bad. White. Oh yeah, Walter White. I can see that. I'm doing it for my family. Yeah, I'm doing. No, this. you're not. No, you're yeah. doing it for power. Because like the the guy he answers to the few times in the movie is uh, one of the very few things I looked up from the book was apparently they were both like the bad guy in the book and in the movie it's like well we just have Hugo Weaving we only need Hugo Weaving and mm. so the other well, guy knew that he was making a bomb in the book yeah oh. um or I don't yeah, know. yeah it's like they forgot to like or they forgot to like suss out like they forgot to get rid of the other guy in like the drafting of this movie. Yeah, it's like, yeah, if you want to stick with Hugo Weaving as the bad guy, just leave him be the bad guy. This weird, like, ambitious takeover plot is just nothing. It's a nothing thing. And it just smacks of, like, the, for me, the most frustrating thing of pretty much every YA movie I've ever seen of, like, well, we just need to get everything from the book in here, though. So that guy's a character in the book, so he needs to be in the movie. And it's like, no, no, he doesn't. No, no, he doesn't. And... You can combine them. They'll work fine. If you have a book, that's great. You have all the time in the world to flesh these characters out. In a movie that you're clearly trying to keep to a nice trim two hours... Get rid of the characters. Get rid of the characters. Just fucking lose them. Yeah. Just his character... Like you said, he, he, he phoned it in a little bit, but I still think he tried because it's Hugo Weaving. He's a professional, good actor, so he's not going to completely phone it in. I think phoning it in was way too harsh of an assessment. I just don't think it was his best performance, and I don't I don't he knock him for that. He had little to work with. Exactly. He had, that's what I mentioned earlier. He had a pile of poo. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. just nothing for him to work with. And it's, it just... Because no, you don't get any backstory on his character. No. Like... Uh, you get a hint the, that she might be Hester's dad. That she's pro- that he's probably Hester's dad, but that makes you wonder whether or not the blonde girl is also Hester's sister, because you don't really know what their age difference is. And Hester's mom is apparently not in the picture. They don't mention her having a mom at all. No, well, just in that flashback where like we see like Hester with with Hester, yes, but yeah. not with uh, the blonde girl. Oh no, Valentine's no, no, no. Daughter. yeah, yeah, no idea. Who right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, you have no idea what happened to her mother if she ever existed. <laughs> yeah, there's a line where the uh, other daughter, uh, she pauses when she says, "You're not my father," or like, or something like that. She disowns him, but then she's like, "At least not anymore after this." And the pause was enough to be like, "You could stop right there." I don't believe for a <laughs> yeah. second you're related. <laughs> but I guess she would be Hester's half sister. 
I guess. Maybe. Yeah. But like the blonde girl in this movie is another character. I'm like, you can just get rid of her. Like I, I don't know what her, she's doing her here. Her and her slight love interest mechanical friend who totally got forgot her. about him again. Yeah, he never even comes oh, back. Oh, uh, uh, what was he it? Helps Beavis her sneak in. Yeah. Is it Beavis? <laughs> it's Beavis. Uh, <laughs> it, Jandy and I had a laugh about that for about a full wait five minutes. Was it? Because it was like, well, where's Butthead? <laughs> yeah, and we were distracted from the movie. His character felt like he was going to bring in like societal casting or what, like casting like which level of society you can exist in, like issues. Yeah. yeah. But then they just they drop him. They drop everything about that. Did he die? Like, I don't remember no, why he stopped no, they, being in the movie. When they stop being sneaky, that he's gone. Like, they just yeah. don't mention him again. <laughs> he just yeah, he disappears. Leaves. I mean, you yeah, don't even leaves. see her again until the very end when she confronts her dad for a moment. And she just kind of pops up in a courtyard like, what's up? I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then he goes, we should leave. And she goes, no. And he's like, okay, you're my daughter. I'll just leave you. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I'll fly away. Yeah. Like, come and, with and me, see, daughter. And, and no. To, All right. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> yeah. It's... And to bring okay. this around to, to bring this around to Hugo Weaving, so at the same time, it's like when he says it, it seems less like bullshit. Like, as a testament to even when he's quote unquote phoning it in or not, doesn't have a lot to work with, I still enjoy watching him. And even when his lines are complete dreck and this that scene is just terrible, I'm like, hey, you're Hugo Weaving. I enjoy you in this. It's a weird, like, it was a weird kind of roller coaster there. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't think when he's like trying to tell his daughter i guess that she needs to come with him it doesn't feel like a, a fake scene like come with me if you want to live like it's it's legit but that's where like he just circling back to the, the screenwriting and the directing that he had nothing to work with all right so you're gonna get your daughter to come with you you need you need your daughter to come with you all right and then she's gonna say no and you're gonna be cool with it <laughs> wait what <laughs> yeah that's exactly how it happened <laughs> So he tries, like he does. All right, so I need her to come with me. Got it. And then she's gonna yeah. say no, and I'm just cool. Okay, is are you sure that's what you want? Eh. Yep, I got it. I've done storyboards. I'm being really mean to this director, and I apologize. He's done better than I have in my directing career. I'll give him that much. Um, again, being mean to him, I can't help myself. Yeah, and it just it still amazes me that the screenplay is listed by being with Fran Walsh and Peter Jackson. And one of the things that I always praised Peter Jackson about is knowing what to trim out of a script. Because he cut a lot of stuff out of Lord of the Rings, and then he switched other things around to make it work better in a cohesive narrative. Not in a cohesive narrative. Yeah, I don't think he was that, that involved with this, to be honest. I mean, he is, he, he is. was supposed to direct it at first. He was like, supposed to, yeah. But then, like, he's only listening to, like, producing, and, yeah, he got someone, he got this Christian Rivers guy to do it. And yeah, I'm not sure. I don't, if, I don't think he did much with this, to be honest. I'm not sure what so, he has so screenplay by. So he definitely screenplays by Philippa Bowens. He might have written the first draft. I'm not really sure, like how it all worked yeah. out. Because like the other thing you have to remember, the three, is of, like, the three of them worked on Lord of the Rings. All, all of them, like yeah. Fran Walsh, Philippa Bowens, and Peter Jackson. They're kind of a trifecta for their stuff. But so yeah, it is just no. kind of like. So this is their misstep. For sure. Well, you have the Hobbit trilogy as well. Um, well, the Hobbit trilogy still had some good things in it. Yeah, the second movie was okay. The th- the last movie was unnecessary. And the first one was just the most over bloated piece of shit. In hey, the- it had a really cool musical moment. It did. 
and it was like three hours long. It needed to be maybe an hour and a half. It was that movie was a goddamn mess. Um, but like getting back to the the Peter Jackson of it all, like you are right. He was very good at trying to take the Lord of the Rings trilogy of those three books and going. These things need to be movies, not books. He knew exactly what to keep, what to lose, what to move. It still annoys me that um, I'm going to forget her name. Shelob is in the third movie and not the second one because it's just in my head I'm like no that's the final of two towers like that's how two towers end she shouldn't be in the third act of fucking return of the king and like my book brain is just going nuts but if you look at it from just the film point of view it's like it's good no peter jackson yeah. was right on the money that was the right call and he just he lost it with this movie in yeah. that regard it, it's yeah the, this movie is the exact opposite of that and maybe if I were to read the book, I'm like, oh, he did keep the good stuff. I don't know, but people seem to like the books. From what I remember, they were a pretty popular series there for a minute. So yeah. maybe this is the good stuff, and it's just clearly not for the three of us. Or it's just not well, meant to be in a movie. Honestly, and, and this is going to be more of a dig. This is going to be more of a dig than I intended to be because I actually enjoyed the setting of this. It's like the um, oh, the garbage a- Avatar movie, The uh, Last Airbender. Yeah, where like. I, I, there's a very kinship in the way they handled these and it seems like they condensed everything just to get as much as they could into this movie to just get it all through and the result is it's like what's this now what's this you blink and you miss it the reason to care there it went you know got eaten by the city and there's like this rush just to get through all the plots that you have to get through and i think at the end of this movie i, I said to jandy that like this would have been a great like four to six season like prestige show on like HBO or something along those lines where it was like, you know, the first season, maybe we get used to the idea that maybe London isn't great. You know, the second season, suddenly we're airborne, air haven, you know, like spread this out. Like that's what I kept thinking that the whole time through this. And even with last airbender and these other movies that try to really adapt everything into the one unit. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the taking the time, but the for me, the bigger problem is I, I don't give a shit about this story. Like, I want to see the world. I think there are amazing stories you can tell in the world they came up with. I think the director, the writer, everybody involved did a great job at making a world that I find interesting. I just don't care at all about the story. So even if they'd spread it out, it just would have been a very, very long story in a world I still don't care about. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have included any of the plot or at least <laughs> have done so, like, obliquely. Like... You know, suddenly, hey, this city's so great. The city's so great. Oh, now it's not so great. What happened? Like, you know, yeah. go th- explore that way. Like, spend time with the people in the world. Is this a world of people or is this a world of CGI machines that look really cool? Yeah, because... like, at certain points in this movie, you have people cheering. The Londoners are cheering uh, as they're absorbing these cities and breaking down the wall. And I'm like, hey, you could have put commentary in there. Most YA books have some element of commentary that you want to get through. Yeah, like, are the Londoners bad people? Are they brainwashed? Are they just, like, why are they cheering? Like, it seems like they're cheering in the beginning of the movie, like, when the little town's getting away. It seems like, yeah, get away! Good for you yeah, guys! Yeah. Not and here at London! And then they start catching up, like, yeah, get them! Fuck them! It's like, wait. Yeah, I had to look this up, because in the movie, it's just a line of dialogue where they're, like, you know, we're running out of resources, because they're from the... They're distance from the home base. In the book, London, this wheeled, this mechanical city is all that's left. Like they have the only the resources that they can claim. If they don't get if they don't absorb these cities, they die. So there's a life and death thing with London on wheels here that the books play with. So it's a little bit more like, hey, we get to eat or we get supplies, we get resources. So if you know the book, you know why they're cheering, but in the movie it's just like, what? I feel like 
just taking the stuff that people are carrying and then just sawing it into pieces after that is not a great way to get resources. Yeah, they... Uh... No. <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe you should just dismantle it and actually use all of it and not just chop it up in little bits. Yeah. But that's me. Okay. So there, there's something I want to circle back to because I, I don't feel like I, I yelled about it enough yet. And it, it's going to bother me if I don't go back to it. Shrike is, for me, the most frustrating thing in this movie. And They sounded way more interesting in the Wikipedia. You can tell me everything about the book. I'm not going to read the book. Yeah. I'm never going to read the book. I've only experienced the movie. So I'm going to judge it on the movie. Right. In the movie, the character Shrike is a goddamn waste of time. It is. Yeah. He is. Like, it makes he, the whole purpose for him, at least as far as the movie is concerned, is to throw out a line of, are they starting a relationship? Maybe. And to explain why she didn't die while not living in a city. That one I could have been with, she learned how to scavenge. Done. Okay, got it. And did she fall in that love That was with assumed. Them? Yeah, it's a YA movie. Got it. They're in love. Everything else, we spent half an hour with this fucker. We killed an entire, like, city's worth of people. All because she wouldn't have a conversation. Two cities worth of people. Because they started having right. a fight at that slaver's place. Yep. Yep. Like, they just leave bodies in their wake. And at the end of all of this fucking nonsense, we're supposed to feel sorry for him. Like, I have never seen something in a movie just such an egregious waste of time and character. Like, I'm still just baffled by it. And to get somebody like Stephen Lang, who is just an amazing character actor. If you haven't seen uh, Don't Breathe, oh, man. As, as long as you're into horror movies, check it out. Or Terra Nova. Sure. I think I was the only person <laughs> who watched that show. He, he is in that show. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> happened it it happened <laughs> and then it stopped happening very fast <laughs> i think i only got like 14 episodes <laughs> it didn't finish the first season. yeah i was i was very confused through a lot of shrike's whole thing because shrike's whole thing and the whole like i want to turn you into a machine so you don't feel there's that there's a lot of things you can do with that in yeah, a the, movie by itself as a, as a whole theme that just oh, we're not going to do that he's just going to make sure that she gets to air city so we can burn it down we're going to make sure that she leaves Slaver area because she's just chilling there and not doing anything for herself. Like, we got to get everyone moving. So he's the like the fire under everyone's ass, but he makes no sense. But the, the cherry on top of all of this is like, yeah, there is a lot of very interesting stuff you could do with a character like Shrike. And they've done it in a show that spanned about 57 years now called Doctor Who. He's a fucking Cyberman. And it's just like, that's it. Yeah. And there's so many things in this movie he's where it's like... kind of... Uh, his emotional motivations is very... Um, ah, cop. Robocop? Robocop. Sure. Robocop, Cyberman. I remember I had a child. Yeah, but he doesn't want you to be like them. And that's the difference between the Cybermen and, and Shrike and then yeah. Robocop. Robocop's like, this was a bad deal. You shouldn't do this. And <laughs> <laughs> the Cybermen are like, sign up, man. You get to live forever. No more emotions. It's good to go. And that's what Shrike is doing, too. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. You need to be like me. And it's just, there's so many things in this movie where I'm like, I've seen this done better everywhere else. It's not an original idea. It's been done before. It's been done to death. And every other time, it's been done better. So I'm just left incredibly infuriated and for me it's just like that shrike of it all <laughs> and especially at the end when it's like he's just gonna fucking die 
oh i had to like i had to pause and double check what happened because i was like wait did like a piece of shrapnel get his heart what happened he's just gonna fall over he he let go of his adrenaline i guess he died of a broken heart that he doesn't supposedly have anymore like when his eyes turned real it was it was very much a um uh general grievous thing i was like wait there's a there's a real person inside this thing too and i'm just left going like so wait is he sympathetic he just murdered two towns yeah. And why are we still rooting for her when all she had to do is be like, no, 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 I'm in love with this guy. And he'd be like, oh, okay, I'll die then. How many people's yeah. blood is on your hands now? <laughs> like, you're the you're the hero of this movie. Or just, even beyond the love thing, just say, I'm sorry, I broke my promise, I don't want to be like you. Yeah. It's a very simple thing to say to someone who raised you. And even the promise scene was just kind of like, that was the promise? You should be yeah. like me. Oh, okay. Yeah, when when the, <laughs> it was like an <laughs> and moment for me. I was like her, but like, it, but to what you said, Chewie, when like she could have said something to him. That's her whole problem as a character. She should have done something, said something. Everything she, she's such a, a not like she's not a great character at all. No, the main hey, character she of this. She tries doing something right away. She tries. She she's, does stab Valentine. She is very proactive in the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> but then it's like the movie forgot about the first 10 minutes for the remainder. And it's just like, she she doesn't say what she what needs to be said. I guess until the end when she's like, I want to go with you. But I was like, oh, you, you, she speaks again. <laughs> <laughs> like. It's not great. It was, no. Uh, it's a disappointing film. No, in, in a week where I had to watch... 12 Friday the 13th movies and I'm a diehard fan of that franchise and even but watching 12 of them in a week is a lot <laughs> this was supposed to be like my like ah something different than just you know bad acting and teenagers dying oops <laughs> uh yeah no hey, I sure hope this isn't a bad acting with teenagers dying movie at least Kevin Bacon's in Friday the 13th mm. <laughs> We can't even really talk about this movie for 45 minutes. No, I, I'm running out of gas. Yeah, and like we've been going say. for, well, we, we just had like five minutes of preamble in the beginning. So we've been talking for a little over half an hour. And I'm fucking toast on this. Like, I, yeah. I, I think I'm ready to wrap this up. John, do you have anything else you really want to talk about on this one? No. I mean, other than like a long, drawn out sigh for maybe another 10 minutes if we want. I'd, <sighs> okay, here we go. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. <sighs> There's a part of me that wants to go back and rewatch City of Ember. Ooh, that'd be better. I have a feeling all of our double features that, will be. That a wasn't of... a very good movie either, but no. it was better. Oh, uh, random! Just since we're circling the drain on this, yes. Didn't is 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 that Shrike that narrated the beginning of this? I don't even remember there. Was Holy a fuck! There was a, a gravelly voice at the beginning. I think it was Shrike. I think you're right. Why? Yeah, because how can In he narrate it when he's dead? <laughs> again like yeah it's just another another thing on top because i thought the the voiceover would like I, something like that gives a sense of epicness because with the lord of the rings you have galadriel being like nine rings were made and it's so epic and wingnut film shows up and then you've got this gravelly voice being like i forgot what he said important epic shit <laughs> and with wingnut films underneath i'm like yeah okay we're in for an epic this is great and then as Shrike died, I was like, that's his voice, though. Yeah. That was his voice at the beginning. Mm. Like, Peter Jackson has made four movies that I'm like, 
not for me. And it's the Hobbit trilogy and uh and this one. And now this one. <laughs> not great. Everything else I'm usually at least on board for. Like even like some of his older like horror movie stuff. Like Bad Taste is not a great movie, but it's enjoyable for what it is. But man, this one. Like give and, me the and, lovely bones. Yeah, and also <laughs> and ultimately what this movie does and movies like this is just makes it harder for other movies in sci-fi fantasy get made that aren't in the main like the marvel or the star wars or things like that it just makes it harder for these to get made and then when they do make them they have to be rushed yeah and like then this. For, so then it's like a, a never-ending cycle and we just don't get new things and I, I i didn't realize how much i was itching for something fantasy based that was a movie that was new and something i hadn't seen or felt before they just need to get their shit together and make seven to eternity if you don't know what Seven to Eternity is, be sure to check out the comic book, Seven to Eternity by Rick Remender. By far, at least in my humble opinion, the best fantasy sci-fi comic book of the past ten years. Fucking amazing. Would have been a much better movie than this. Actually, there is a lot of crossover with the world and air cities and whatnot. There, they could look similar. Air cities are not a particularly unique idea. It's very steampunky, And, like, yeah. steampunk just yeah. never does well in I cinema. I mean, it was in the Jetsons. No, it doesn't. Well, the, but also very different you, air cities than the Jetsons. Still. Sure, yes. <laughs> cloud City as well. I get it. If you want yeah. sci-fi, there are Cloud Cities. Honestly, if, if you're thinking about watching this, I would honestly recommend... Um... Well, wait wait for Double Features, because that okay. might work for that. Okay. Um, let, let's do quotes if you have any. Uh, I'll take favorite part, because this movie's quotes are just bananas. So if you don't have a favorite quote, favorite part will work. Um, All right. I still have to find one, so go ahead. My... Uh, I'm just going to go... No, nah, I can't. I was going to go with the opening action sequence because it's really cool, but the music is just so grating. It just took me right out of the scene. Like, I was annoyed throughout. Um, so I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm just going to pick a line. You know, fuck it. I'm going to go with my favorite part being when... Uh, um, I'm forgetting his name. Shrike dies. Hmm. When he just quits. Oh. <laughs> this movie sucks. I quit. <laughs> fuck it. I'm out. <laughs> Uh, bye because yeah. i get it it's, I, like, uh, it's like i'd rather die than continue being in this movie i'm good i like yeah. the part where valentine yells at his daughter you don't even know me or you don't really know me whichever way yeah. he says it i'm like well are you insulted by that <laughs> it feels like you were trying to hide everything from her like the, so you succeeded? You should be yeah. elated. Like, and like, dude, your daughter is the YA character here, dude. Like, you need to stop acting like a teenager. You don't know me. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, see, now I want a body switching movie where you got Hugo Weaving and a YA protagonist. Oh my god, that'd be now. There's a role Hugo Weaving would crush. Yeah. Sign me oh. up for eight tickets on the day of <laughs> for that. I'm going every fucking showing, man. <laughs> I'll take eight. Uh, so for me, what probably speaks to the overall movie, but there's a gag, a, a Minions gag that I thought was unintentionally funny, but that stuck with me for the entire movie because of just how it derailed, like it derailed the movie for me uh, in a lot of ways, humor-wise. The movie tried to be very funny in the beginning while being action-packed. Uh, it, it's, it was, it's the um, Phantom Menace problem where it's dramatic, funny, dramatic funny dramatic like but just weirdly cut and weirdly edited and that scene comes up it's like these are our the, 
these were their gods and it was the min two, two of the minions and i like did a spit take <laughs> the thing and, is like that is another thing that i looked up while watching the movie uh in the book it's supposed to be mickey mouse i'm like oh that makes sense okay oh it, it's a universal movie so now it has to be minions Mm-hmm. Yeah, that joke doesn't work quite as well. No, <laughs> right. It's cute. Right. It's it, cute. It yeah. pulls you out. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I got a spit take from John. Yeah, yeah. And then there was another one. It's like people spent too much time on their screens, and then they show an iPhone, and it's like, oh god. And then it gets worse from there. But still, just that moment, it was like, what a just an odd way to start this movie. I got yeah, serious Phantom Menace flashbacks. I could see that. So All right, maybe so, a notable moment, not necessarily favorite. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, double features this week. If you have to watch this movie again, what will you watch it with? Dun, dun, dun. I'll just go with Cedar City of Ember, I guess. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing where we're in a city, post-apocalyptic, we're running out of resources, we need to figure something out, and the older men are bad. Except it's more comedic with Bill Murray playing the buffoon mayor who's bad. Yeah. Yeah. My, I'm going to go a little bit of a different way. I'm going to stay in the YA world, but I'm going to... It's a YA story. Oh, I guess that's true. Um, mine's going to be... It, it's going to be uh, a mixed bag, if you will. Far better series. Probably the worst movie of the series, because I think they would match better with this one. I'm going with Chronicles of Narnia, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Mm. Not 100% on that title. Is that right? It sounds right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Something, something Dawn Treader. I thought it was Voyage of. I could be wrong. Um, I only saw it once. It didn't really stick with me. I'm just kind of like, oh, so you guys are just, you're not even really trying anymore? You're just going to pump this thing out? Pump it Oh, out. this part's really pretty. Oh, look at that. That's really pretty. Uh, this movie's still awful, and I, I never really want to come back to it. So I had a very similar vibe going on with this one of like, oh, just not even going to try? Oh, look at that. Oh, that's gorgeous. Oh, good job there. Oh, mm. no, the movie's starting up again. <laughs> <laughs> a bummer. <laughs> yeah, which is too bad because uh, uh, we were reading the Narnia books to Karina earlier in the year. And I was doing other work, so I could only overhear. And it just sounded so much better in the book. And then to I've read up on Voyage. And that was even a projectionist during the first one. Um, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, and it was just like, oh, wow, you guys just want to get this movie out, don't you? The movie was just so close to being good. All of them were, well, no, Don Trotter was, I didn't really like it at all. But Who the, financed them? I remember hearing that it was like a private person or something. I don't remember. Those movies, they, they, they just, they tried. <laughs> they tried. <laughs> they tried. Uh, well, as far as like movies to watch with it, I think I would put this movie first um, and then to kind of cure yourself of it, but also still get a taste of a cool world that doesn't necessarily uh, like it doesn't really handle its characters that well. Uh, Alita battle angel I would do with this. Cause at least that one has a little bit more um, excitement plot wise. And Actually, uh, I think I we generally like that one a little bit better. Yeah. yeah Alita was more fun. Yeah, but it, I mean, it still has, it has it still has some of the similar problems. Great world, really compacted plot. That sure, you know, and the girl and, just doesn't know who her dad is, yeah. really. Right, and about old, old men being awful, sort of thing. <laughs> so it all fits in the same theme, but at least you're going to end on a little bit more of an excitement than this. So like, this is kind of the oh, the slower pick, 
that you put in the first part of a two part like a, a double feature and then you got the exciting one after yeah i could see that i mean at least uh I, at least alita might have the similar problems but it handles them better yeah for the most part it still has that weird like oh so it's just gonna end now yeah. this is where the story ends oh look edward norton <laughs> 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 it was supposed to get a sequel right <laughs> well and that's the thing is like i, I think the hope was Disney that yeah it's not gonna do anything with yeah, it i don't think so <laughs> yeah that was the hope for mortal engines i i can only assume is that they wanted to get the other books made at, at all costs just to get a franchise going there, there's a lot of desperation to get something going with this and with alita as well and it's like it's too bad i liked both worlds the worlds themselves immensely yeah, the only difference that I would give, the only edge I'd give to Alita over this is if they made a sequel to Alita, I'd go see it. This one, I'm yeah. good. I am good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm taking the Shriek exit. <laughs> the Shrike exit. <laughs> Shrike exit. I kept on on Wabash and Airhaven, right? Yeah, <laughs> just, oh, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> this oh. sucks. Now I want to make a YouTube like series of videos of like Shriking. <laughs> you're in mind of the starbucks and like we're out of mochas i'm like i'm, I'm done like Shrike. When, I, when someone brings me chicken nuggets but doesn't bring me the sauce here's oh, your barbecue Shrike. sauce i wanted sweet and sour shrike <laughs> you forgot the uh, proper paperwork for the dmv here uh well shrike you just go to the back of the line i'm just gonna shrike instead you're gonna what now <laughs> Oh my god, striking is now my new favorite thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to burn everything down and I'm going to lay down. I'm going to burn everything down and I'm just going to roll over and die. <laughs> <laughs> World is on fire, I'm done. <sighs> Bye. Speaking of striking, let's get out of this episode. We're going to do a quick round of plugs and we're going to say goodbye. Uh, tomorrow, be sure to tune into the Welcome to You Are Doom feed where we'll be having the end all, be all, Friday the 13th ranking episode. I'm incredibly excited for it. Should be a lot of fun. Me, Matt, and our uh, good friend are all going to be chatting about uh, all 12 movies in the series, all the final girls, uh, all the masks, all the kills. For the most part, there are like... God, what do they say? 19,000 kills by Jason. So it's like, uh, I don't remember the exact number, but he oh, kills geez. a whole fucking city in Jason X. And the writer oh, went, wow. oh, yeah. I have a population for that city, so people can have a nerdy kill count for Jason. Mm. Anyhow, so be sure to turn in tomorrow to the Welcome to Your Doom feed for that episode. Hey, John. <laughs> uh, yeah, Demon Days, our weekly uh, tabletop role-playing podcast. Get to it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode. Hopefully, we didn't just, you know, crush your spirits with like, I love that book and that movie. Sorry. I'm sorry. It wasn't for us. I'm sure we've liked movies that you've hated. So, you know. We usually do like more things that people hate. I still like Batman vs. Superman. What can I say? I still think uh, Super Mario Brothers is a legitly well-crafted, uh, imaginative <laughs> reinterpretation of a video game. Bye. It's good. I'm just gonna say bye. <laughs> I, I do like that movie. With the source material, it is amazing. Here's two guys. They jump on this. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>
you later, bozos.